Hello there, you're listening to the Table Talk podcast with me, Paddy McGuinness. And me, Christine McGuinness. This series is all about the wonders and worries of raising disabled or seriously ill children. We'll be talking about lots of different things. Lots, whether it be the price tag of disability, trying to get away on a simple holiday or the challenges of getting together as a family at mealtimes. And that's never easy at the best of times. So... On the Table Talk podcast, we are working with McCain, who believe every family should be able to enjoy mealtimes together. And Family Fund, the national charity providing grants and essential support to families on low incomes who are raising disabled or seriously ill children across the UK. McCain is supporting Family Fund to help them reach their goal of providing 150,000 grants and services to families across the UK each year. Together, McCain and Family Fund are supporting even more families on low incomes, giving parents, carers and children a voice and helping to create those little moments that matter, like at mealtimes. This episode is all about communication, looking at families' experiences around hearing, speech, sight and creative ways of overcoming communication challenges together, including using technology, music and touch. And today we are really excited to meet an amazing mum of two boys. Katie has twins and one of her little boys has complex conditions. Katie's got some great advice and stories about the help they've received as a family. I'm sure we'll learn lots in this episode, so why not grab a seat and a bite to eat as we welcome today's guest on Table Talk. Hello, Katie. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. For the people listening, can you just tell us a little bit about your family? Yes. So we are a family of four. There's me and my husband, Rob, and I have two lovely but mischievous twins called George and Edward. And how old are they? They are three. They're three. Oh, God, amazing. What was it like with you and Rob when you just found out you were having twins for a kickoff? Oh, so Rob, who's 13 weeks gone, Rob was over the moon, beaming from ear to ear. I just went white. <laughs> yeah, because I remember looking at the screen and I thought, I can see two some things there. And yeah, it's the I thought maybe it's just it? a split screen or something. And yeah, there's two babies. Um, so we were really, really high. And then within minutes they figured out something was um abnormal about one baby just 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 again for the people listening so you've got edward and george so it was edward did found a few things straight away is that right yeah so edward now is a loving three-year-old he loves his music he's a happy little boy but he has a lot of challenges he has spina bifida and that comes along with hydrocephalus and Chiari malformation. So for him, that means he's paralysed from the waist down. He has fluid on the brain and some of his brain's pulled down into the spinal canal. Alongside that, he has auditory neuropathy spectrum disorder, which is a rare type of hearing loss. So Edward's ears work but the signal to the brain doesn't. It right. intermittently works. What was it that you knew before Edward was born? What conditions did you know about? So we definitely knew he had spina bifida. So they could see it's called a lemon-shaped head and it's where the brain is getting pulled down into the spinal canal so it changes the shape of the brain. So mm. they saw that straight away. And he was so tiny. So George's brother was... He's like just a textbook child from being in the womb. Do you feel attention-wise you're dedicating more to Edward or how does it work? Yeah, 
it's really difficult mm. because Edward needs a lot of hands-on care and it's kind of procedures that you can't just run away from. Yeah. You've, you've got to finish this procedure. And George will just need, he has his own needs, bless him, and sometimes it's difficult to 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 pull yourself away from something. We do try and just have one-to-one time with George as much as we can because yeah. it, there is times you feel he's not coming second, like he's not in mm. my mind, but I suppose it, to him it looks like he is. So um, we go, well, Edward's a patient at Little Haven's Hospice, um, a lovely charity near where we live. Yeah. And they take Edward for respite so then I can spend time with George, um, which is a gift, it really is. Are you are you and Rob on a kind of a, a relay thing with each other? That's I mean, Christine were, we were with a the twins. We so, you're tagging each other all the time. It's your turn. Yeah. Kind of thing. You know when you're in hospitals and you had like the, the nurses have the handovers? Yeah. I feel like that's what me and Rob do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Rob still working? Rob's still working. Right, okay. Yes. So yeah. how does that work with yourself? Because obviously you're at home twenty four seven. You want Rob to take over for a little bit and sort of you put your feet up or how's it work? Let's be brutally honest, because I think sometimes we all say, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You know what? It's not. No. It's really hard. It's really, that's really hard. They, that's a good thing to to say that, you know, we're dead honest about those kind of things. Yeah, it is. I think it's difficult with young children anyway, but when you've got children with additional needs and especially, like you said, with Edward, he's non-verbal as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, for him, I'm sure communication it's extremely difficult, quite heartbreaking at times. We had our own life before the boys and the boys came along and just in the most amazing way, tipped it all upside down. Yeah. But we had to learn also to be doctors, yeah, um, physios, speech and language therapists. Yeah, I get that. I bet you I bet you were never off Google, were you, at the beginning? Oh, no. Just <laughs> Still the same. Yeah. Still the same. Yeah. It's terrible, but... Um, Yes, me and Rob had for a while this thing, and I think we still do it, where we try and bat things off. So I've had a really hard day because I've done this, 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 and then yeah. Rob will come in, and I've done this, 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 and I want Rob to help, and then Rob needs that time off. And yeah, it, it, to be brutally honest, I think that will always be a thing because we're both so tired. It's weird how eventually you have your own normal, don't you? Yeah, you tend, to, yes. you tend to figure it out and how your family is now, that's that's all you know. It's like us, we don't know any different. People say to us all the time, how do you cope with three autistic children? But you, we don't know any different. But similar to yeah. you now, when ours were really, really young, I was the full-time carer, stayed at home. Fortunately, I was able to do that because my husband worked so much. But yeah. it was absolutely exhausting, juggling appointments, going to speech and language therapy. Like you, mm. I know you've got a ton of appointments with Edward and it mm. takes over your life and it, it is absolutely exhausting but you kind of just do it because you have to you know you've yes. got to and and you know for me I think speech and language was one of the best things because we discovered pecs and we discovered a way to communicate with our children mm. and mm. I know you use Makaton don't you and that I'm glad yeah. to, I was introduced to Makaton by Mr Tumble <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hello hello how are you but yeah, and now that is becoming quite a normal thing in, in a lot of nurseries that the teacher Makaton. Yes. Is that something that Edward and George use together to communicate? They do. George has quite a substantial speech delay too. It was amazing to be able to use it with both of them. George is physically able to sign. So that's really helped him with his behaviour because he was getting very, very frustrated that he couldn't, he knew what he wanted, but he couldn't yes. explain mm. to us how, like what he wanted. 
So where I've got George actually signing is incredible because he's doing it to Edwards. It's actually making my life a little bit easier too. Because wow. <laughs> I'm not having to sign yeah. everything to Edward. I can actually, George kind of takes a bit of it on, which is lovely. Again, for people sort of joining us today, listening to this, is it a, it's a very simplified version of sign language? Yes. So um, Makatod is a multimodal language system. It's a combination of signing single words along with speech and symbols, which it was the symbols part that really caught me because I didn't know that existed. Mm. I thought it's because we started with British Sign Language, which I found extremely difficult because it's that's a whole language in itself yeah. like oh, the grammar yeah. and everything yeah. oh, really difficult then we found out edward probably won't have um you, you will probably find it difficult to physically sign so we thought makaton is and they've made it so it's easier to do the signs these symbols are incredible because it allows people to actually read so if say for example edward will struggle with reading the written word the very hungry caterpillar or something a children's book yeah. We can put the actual, sim- if we can learn the symbols, we can put the symbols under the word so we can follow the book that way. Yeah. I thought, how incredible. Like, yeah. they've put so much thought into it. It's um, amazing. And we, we relied on something very similar using the PEX cards, which is the picture exchange communication. And we yeah. used that for the first few years of the children's lives. And it was amazing to have a way to communicate with them whilst they were nonverbal. What was the first thing where you communicated with Edward using the Makaton? What was it? What was that one thing you went, oh, he's understood that? Not sure how much he understands of the signing just yet. It's difficult because he can't sign back. Right. So um, it's just a case of we just keep going and going and going. What we are doing is using objects of reference, which he's understanding. So that's, um, he has his own folder and we've got pictures of like me, Rob. Yeah. His wheelchair and all the different things in his life. He's managing now, if I say mummy, he will point to mummy and like tap That's the picture. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. So now I'm put the Macton symbols below and trying to sign along with it. So hopefully we will get that moment. That, that's exactly how we started. Can you just, can you tell us, obviously the boys are three, but with Edward, what are the sort of biggest challenges for him at the moment? Food. Right. So he's got an unsafe swallow and a... Epic food aversion anyway. Um, so we've just come back from Great Altman Street. He's just had his feeding button, like a Mickey button, yep. placed in. But we've had an N- well, Edward's had an NG in for over a year. And we've just had vomit over vomit over oh. vomit for a whole year. It's been horrendous for him. Well, life stopped. Life stopped yeah. for him. Yeah. He, he just wasn't functioning. Now he's just a different kid. Like he's... It's amazing to see the difference in him. And I'm just excited now that hopefully life will start. You've found um, something that works for him. Yeah. He was just getting the right equipment, the right feeding yeah. regime. Yeah. yeah. And the right medication for him. Yeah. Everything's trial and error. And, you know, we had a, a similar conversation with our doctors over Leo. So ours are mm. all quite really really oversensitive with food the taste the smell the texture we had vomit after vomit for years yeah. it felt like we'd right. feed them then we'd clean it up um yeah to the point where leo was 
seriously underweight and it was affecting his health. He wasn't getting the right vitamins. And yeah, we, we discussed putting a peg in. And um, yeah. just having that conversation at the time, I remember it being heartbreaking. And, and we didn't mm-hmm. have to go that route now. They, they do eat still very limited, but they eat enough. And he has vitamins and yeah. he has milkshakes to help him get everything he needs. But I can imagine for you, looking at those options to make sure that Edward is just getting those nutrients in him, it's a whole different experience for you, I suppose, the way in much choice. It's something you've had to do. When you've got your child that is not eating and you see that weight drop, it's that, for me, it's that control thing. Like, I I can't control that. Yeah. Everything else I can help him with. Yeah. And yeah. even with the NG, that was supposed to help. But I remember people going, oh, is he a sicky baby? Is he just a sicky child? It's like, no, it's not. Like, I'm not a violent person, but say that to me again. <laughs> you know? So at meal times again, because obviously... We know there is no set meal times a lot of the time. How does that work with yourself and Rob and George? So we endeavour to sit around the table. doesn't always happen, but we try. Yeah. Edward will have his postural seat and we will sit him in the same place because that's he needs that routine. Mm-hmm. Me and Rob tend to eat our own food and George is a very, very picky eater. So he likes his bland pasta and cheese. Yeah. Every single night. So <laughs> we're not a family that can, you know, you see it on the bill, like the, the adverts of everyone's got this like three-course meal that all the children eat. That is not, that's not our, yeah, we're not like that. But we do try to have time together and we will introduce Edward to the food that we're eating. Yeah. Um, he doesn't always, he's not always interested, but it's giving him the opportunity. And I think... For me and Rob, it's it's important just to sit down because life's quick. Mm. There's a lot going on and having that moment in the kitchen together. I think that is, is the real thing about mealtimes. It's not always actually about the food. It's having that family time together, yeah. creating conversation. Yeah. And, and even if yeah. it's only 10, 15 minutes, but you've just done something together, haven't you? Yeah. And I know there's a lot we put on like a normal, I shouldn't use that word, but it is yeah. probably like our most... Yeah normal typical there we go typical time that we have together um and what you were saying about george uh blessing with his yeah. pasta and his cheese how do you look at that as a parent when you know uh sort of what you do with edward do you not sort of think well i'm just glad he's doing that or are you now going right i'm yeah. over that now let's introduce him to something else george like there's a bit of there's some chips there's some pizza there's a chicken nugget kind of thing yeah we try I mean, for some reason, send him to nursery as everything. Like, he's had fish pie, everything. He just knows how to play me. I think he knows, oh, mum's tired. She'll give me the pasta cheese. And just uh, talking about family fun, yeah. what difference has that su- support made to you as a family? And this is for anyone listening who, who's thinking of getting in touch with family fund as well. Uh, for us, it's that net that will catch you. Living on one wage with a severely disabled child and... There's a lot of unknown in our life, a lot, and I struggle with the unknown. I I need routine, I need to know what's happening. To know that family fund are there, not only for financial support, but for emotional, like, you can speak to these people, you know. It's like a friend. It sounds really... No, it's so uh, important. It's sick bucket again, I know. No, um, it's it's so important, it really is. Yeah, it's... it's, um, a safety net, I think that's the word, yeah. safety net. 
And of course, listeners, if you can make a donation to Family Fund, please do. It really does help so many families. And you, you touched upon before, other than Makaton, you know, the best way of communicating with Edward, and you were sort of saying the music is the thing. Yeah. Is that better than the, the sensory equipment you've got? Yes. So I did a music degree and I went on to teach in primary schools. Um, Liz, a peripatetic teacher, fell pregnant and um, had to put that on hold. I remember being young and wondering about music therapy and then never really explored it. And then I saw what it did to Edward. So when I was pregnant, I was playing my cello a lot and obviously my bump was against the cello. And I was playing a a certain piece quite often. When I had the boys, Edward was very distressed. He'd Within 24 hours, he had a, a surgery and then 10 days later, he had another surgery. All very invasive. I played the piece of music just on my phone that I'd been playing in the pregnancy and it just calmed him straight away. That is amazing. I was like, oh, there's, there's something about this. But I want to explore that a bit more. Yeah. Um, and then we've gone on. I am not a trained music therapist, but just using things that I've learned from teaching. And it's things like for Edward, he struggles to, he can grasp, but you can see it's really... It's Brain's got to work really hard to yeah. talk to his hand to get it to grasp. Yeah. If I do that along music, so I give him a bell and we'll play some music that he likes, he he seems to just be able to reach for it a lot easier. That must have been a real breakthrough moment for you, that, where you'd gone, You can't wow. believe your eyes. Yeah. I couldn't believe my eyes. And yeah. then an, a music therapist from um, our local hospice came and she was playing. And three years old is there with this bell just keeping the pulse it was incredible yes yeah, so he's able to connect with the beat of the music yeah yeah that's amazing. this is a child that really struggles to to be specific where he puts his hands and he, and i was like i just i i, I need to learn what's going on there because because that is incredible um so hopefully when the boys are at school and I have a little bit more time i would like to to retrain and you, you touched upon before, other than Makaton, you know, the best way of communicating with Edward, and you were sort of saying the music is the thing. Is yes. Does that, is that better than the, the sensory equipment you've got? So Edward, I noticed, was in bed the other day, and he was looking up and singing a high pitch. He hums a lot, so he was mm. humming a high pitch, looking up. Then he'd look down and hum a low pitch. So I was like, okay, so he understands high and low. Because yeah. he's looking up and down. So I was like, where can I go with this using music? Because he responds to it. So instead of just saying to Edward, we're going upstairs to bed and I'm not going to do it on the microphone. <laughs> but <laughs> I sing and I'll use the same little motif and I'll sing that we're going up to bed. Because he might not hear the words, he might not understand the words, but he's understanding the music and the... the yeah. And it's that and old saying, isn't it? when that particular one happens... It's bedtime. Yes. So the wheels on the bus, I'll sing the wheels on the car. So when we get to, yeah. the, we're going to the car, because he's picking up on the on the the rhythm of the music. Um, it is and, amazing that kind of the power of music as a, a communication really is, tool, and it's just bringing it all back to 
how I was with the children when they were non-verbal. I sang yeah. an awful lot, terribly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly nursery rhymes. The wheels on the bus was an absolute favourite for us. Mm-hmm. And again, similar to you, it was it was the wheels on everything, any yes. kind of aircraft, car, van, anything at all that had wheels, <laughs> the wheels on the train, you know, just anything at all to communicate with them. Um, yeah, music's an, an incredible thing. It's incredible how, like, communication we we do we just we just think it's talking and actually there's just so oh much more so communication. Much more. Of course there is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember people yeah. saying to me, How do you know what they want when they're nonverbal? You you just know, you figure it out, you find you a do. way to communicate without using a voice and I think that is just an amazing thing it's it's incredible i play lots of music i always have done for me myself when when i'm with the children in the car driving around we always have music on and i don't know there's just something about music that it it does help you kind of switch off and you know you don't think about all the other little stresses and therefore i think children do act a little bit better and and they're a bit more relaxed and for us it's totally music therapy is a thing in our house it is but can i just please chip in here with Mm. it took me a long time to get me a room barbie girl in the car (laughs) i mean that was on repeat and i was like i'm not feeling this music therapy anymore patrick doesn't he's not he's not over the moon with the music therapy i love music but it's yeah i think it's the repetitiveness which i i love now, obviously, Edward and George, yeah. they're only three, so they're at nursery. In a couple of years, you're going to be looking at schools and thinking about that. Is that something yeah. you've already thought about? Are they going to go to the same school? Have you found anywhere that is suitable for them both? Yeah, so we're looking at separate schools. Okay. Because as lovely as it would be for me logistically for the kids to be at the same school, Edward needs specialist equipment and specialist trained people to look after him. Um so there's a wonderful school near where we live that hopefully Edward will go to. Also, I think as wonderful as their friendship is, George needs a life that's away from disability. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a disability and yeah. he needs his own things. At the moment, George gets really excited about wheelchairs and that's amazing. But I need him to get excited about his own things you know yeah i, t- I totally yeah i mean for us yeah. you know the, they've all got the same diagnosis all three of them are autistic so they all go to the same school that works for them yeah. all and that's great but for me just at weekends obviously we've got one boy and two girls and mm. they're now at an age where they're starting to ask about going to little clubs at the weekends whether it's gymnastics or sports or whatever and I'm trying to think logistically how does that work when I'm trying to take one to this club and one to the next I'm trying to find something yeah. that works for all three of them which is almost impossible at the minute but I suppose like you you've just got to get your head around that you know yeah they are twins they are siblings but they're going to want different things and they need yes. different things and it's important for them to have their own identity as well. You have this idea, don't you, when you have twins and they're little, that they're just going to be in the matching clothes and yeah. I remember putting them in separate bedrooms for the first time and was crying and going, oh my God, I how, how have I done that? I Such a bad mum. They need well, that to shows be together. You but... Also how resilient kids are and they're like, it's, it's us as parents who stress about it all. It's, it's all us. It's all yeah. us. So I've just done that. The, um, so Edward's just been sent home from hospital and he's on overnight feeds. So it's not safe to have 
both kids together because George loves pressing buttons and his <laughs> tubes and whatnot. Sounds like you're doing um, an amazing job anyway. Yeah. So they've just gone in separate bedrooms and yeah, they don't care. They're fine. On every show, Katie, now this yeah. doesn't matter. It could be absolutely anything, this. Okay. But we always ask whoever's on the show with us for a top table tip. Now, it can be, like I said, it doesn't have to be something around the table. It could be anything at all that might help someone listening. So what would be your table tip? Slow cooker. <laughs> so I I am no good to anybody by the end of the, like, end of the day. Yeah. Like, so I find I have got my stuff together in the morning. Yeah. So if I can put my food in that slow cooker and forget about it, which I will do, I will forget, is done. And I feel like I've been really productive during the day. Me too, 100%. I, I'm, I'm cooking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to dig ours out again. I'm so forgetful, I would forget about it. Anything I put in the oven, I usually burn. I forget. I put oh, reminders yeah. on my phone. That's my top tip. I have so many alarms on my phone to tell me when to leave the house. Tell me when to check the <laughs> yeah. oven. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a top tip. Like, so table like, tip, write that down. Slow cooker. And if you're saying slow cooker, what's your go-to recipe? Beef stew, but you have to have the dumplings in there. Um, also oh, also yes. known as scouse. Oh, dear. Very contentious <laughs> one, this. It's she's, from, she's from Liverpool, Katie. You've just got to just go with it's it. It's a scouse. That's a scouse meal. <laughs> not oh, with the dumplings or scouse. It's got the potatoes in and everything else, but yeah, it's not, not got the dumplings. We don't, yeah, we don't need dumplings. Oh, yeah, this is where you've gone oh, wrong in dumplings. No, dumplings on the wrong. side, nice and dry. They don't need to be soggy. <laughs> oh, no, in there, lovely. So a beef stew, that's, that's your go-to? Yes. Lovely. Yeah. Writing that down. <laughs> right. And we'll get the recipe off her. Katie, thank you so much for joining us oh, today and telling us a little bit about your amazing family. And it'll help a lot of people listening as well. Thank I've you so really, much. I really, really enjoyed talking to you and listening about Edward and George. Honestly, I think you're just an incredible mother and you've got two very, very strong boys there. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much for joining us. And like we always say to, to whoever joins us just before we sign off, use this time now to get on the couch and have an hour. Oh, I am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Tell Rob it went on for about four hours this. That's what I'm thinking. I'm just not going to turn my phone back on. They'll still think I'm doing it. Fine. Thanks very much, Katie. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. We'll be back very soon for another show with another fantastic guest. And remember, if you were able to make a donation to Family Fund, your support will really make a big difference for so many families in need of vital help. And thank you so much to Katie for joining us and to McCain for getting us together with Family Fun to bring everyone another episode of Table Talk. Bye. Bye.